Welcome into No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. We are basically one month away from the 2021 NFL Draft. And starting off with our first show covering our rookies, we're going to start off, obviously, with the most important position, probably in all of sports, the quarterback position. Joining me, as always, Joshua Hudson and Ryan Weiss. And for the first time on our show... Someone from The Athletic, which is freaking awesome. We have Moody. He's, we told him he's just Moody. No Eric, just <laughs> Moody. That's what we're referring to as. So, Moody, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. No, no, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Appreciate the invite. Hey, it's always a good time to talk about uh, fantasy football. Fun fact, I've, I've been called uh, Moody has been my nickname since the third grade, so it continues into adulthood. There you go. Heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> awesome. Love it. So, before we jump into anything with the rookies, obviously we want to – Backtrack because a lot has happened since the official start of the season with free agency, but a couple of big trades here. Uh, San Francisco and Miami have decided to do something kind of crazy. San Francisco acquired the third overall pick in this year's upcoming draft, so they will draft after Jacksonville at one and then the New York Jets at two. They gave up the 12th overall pick, a 2022 first and third round pick, and a 2023 first. If that doesn't scream San Francisco's taking a quarterback, I'm not sure what does. Then Miami, with that um, with that 12th overall pick that they had just acquired from the San Francisco 49ers, they then moved up to the sixth overall pick um, and swapped spots with the Philadelphia Eagles. They gave up, Miami did, the recently acquired 12th overall pick, a 2021 fourth and their 2022nd first. So not San Francisco's first, their first, just to clarify. And then Miami also received a 2021 fifth round pick as a part of the deal. So the Dolphins doing all sorts of shit. The 49ers <laughs> are going to draft a quarterback. So let's And the Eagles are missing out on a top tier receiving talent. Fantastic. And, Love to hear it. <laughs> and the Eagles are going to draft... A backup right tackle. I feel like <laughs> sounds about right because how Rose going to happen, or a cornerback that will get hurt because that's just how Philadelphia rolls. There you All go. right, let's roll into the stars of tomorrow here. Obviously, these are the seven guys most everyone's talking about. The top five, most people have them in any order, but normally number one is Trevor Lawrence, and then from two to five, kind of has some haziness to it. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Then you kind of have that next tier after that. Kyle Trask out of Florida, Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. My friend tried to convince me on Kellen Mond today, and I told him, I know five Texas A&M fans, and they all hate Kellen Mond, so you're not going to convince me. <laughs> so that's all it is. That, that's I... all it is. All I know is that Texas A&M fans don't even like their own quarterback, so why should I? Yeah, but did you see that throw on his pro day? Come on, that's what everybody talks about. <laughs> oh, God. God, I yeah. I love pro days. <laughs> oh. Congratulations. He's throwing with no pressure, no pads, and no defense. Easy, and, right? And a controlled environment. And a controlled environment. Yeah. Right? All, none of them do it outdoors. They're all in a dome. So there's no <laughs> weather whatsoever. Oh, great, great point, Moody. I didn't even think of that part. It's a controlled environment. All right. So let's start here. Let's just start, obviously, with the biggest fish. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to Jacksonville. It's not even a question at this point. There's reports. Urban Meyer literally came out and said, Trevor Lawrence is the direction we're going. So I don't even want to discuss on potential landing spots and where you would like to see him. But let's just discuss how this is actually going to play out for the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence himself. So, Moody, I'll start with you. 
You can talk real life and fantasy, split them up however you want. How do you see this playing out for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars um, when they take him at number one overall? Yeah, to, to, to your point, Joe, hey, it, it is a done deal. I'm like, he's the obvious choice here with the Jags. And I'll, I'll try to tie in some fantasy analysis with real-life NFL. One thing with uh, Lawrence, his career at Clemson was phenomenal. I'm like, he's NFL-ready. I'm like, he finished fourth in you know completions and second in passing touchdowns in Clemson history. Holds all sorts of accolades, all these different records, and he's the guy. Uh, I think one thing that I'm really curious about, you know, we've got Urban Meyer, moving to the NFL ranks and, and wondering like, what is his offense going to look like in 2021? If you look in the past, I'm like, he's used a combination of a one back offense and a shotgun to run spread. Lawrence, in my opinion, is a great fit you know, for what Meyer will want to accomplish at the next level offensively. And I, I think from a, like a fantasy lens, I'm like, it, it wouldn't be a surprise, you know, for those like in redraft or Superflex that I'm like, he's, he's definitely on the QB2 radar, in my opinion, high end QB2 radar, because he's going to cater this scheme to his strengths and he's just coming from the college game. So it's like a perfect storm. Have you seen anything? And I think Josh, Ryan, and I talked about this briefly before the show. His rushing ability, it's there. He can move. How much do you see that translating to the NFL? One, because, you know, he obviously doesn't want to get beat up and his coach is going to say, please don't take risks like these. And will that even be worked into Urban Meyer's offense? Do you see that at all? Yeah, yeah, I, I see that, you know, just given uh, some of the, the rushing ability of quarterbacks in recent years, you know, that's something you want to leverage, you know, as athleticism, it's not just going to stay in there like a statue. But I, I'm also more curious to see how that mobility and athleticism translates to him at the next level, uh, manipulating the pocket, because that's something I always like to, you know, to look for, especially in a young quarterback, you know, to be able to manipulate that pocket and, and really deliver the ball, because I think as everyone here knows, and who's watching or listening, I'm like, those windows are really, really tight at the NFL level. So any advantage that he can have, definitely leverage it. And Josh and Ryan, I forget who had said it, but someone had brought up, you know, L Lawrence looks great, but he's also had unbelievable weapons his yeah. entire collegiate career. One of them being T. Higgins, who we already saw as an absolute baller in the NFL just after his rookie year. Uh, I don't know who said it, and I want whoever said it to take the reins here. It was Josh. It was Josh. Okay. Josh. Does that worry you at all? Because that's going to come up with another guy we talk about later and Mac Jones, who a lot of people just say, well, he had basically three top 50 NFL picks that he was throwing to. Is he really that good? So do you feel that way with Trevor Lawrence? It doesn't worry me that much. I mean, you can see the intangibles with him. Uh, he's got good footwork. He's got good ball placement for the most part. He is moderately accurate. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, you, when you're throwing to someone – like a T Higgins who has a wingspan of a, you know, bald Eagle that is just like this, he can catch anything. And, you know, he's a six, six quarterback. So he's throwing like when he's missing, he's missing high. So when you have taller receivers that can go up and get it, those DBs have zero chance. And you see it a lot too, in some of his intermediate passes that, you know, there's going down the field, and that ball's thrown a little high because that's just the trajectory for him. And again, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that, you know, when he gets to the place that he's going to go, which again, we're all presuming is Jacksonville, he's now going to get to work with DJ Chark. He's going to work with newly signed Marvin Jones. He's going to work with LaVisca Chenault. And that I think is the benefit to him in this year because Jacksonville actually has some pieces on offense. 
they have some talent that he can work with. So he's not going into one of these situations that is completely devoid of talent. We know Jacksonville was bad. They have an absolutely terrible defense, and that's why they lost a lot of these games. But they had pretty bad quarterback play. I know as much as we love Gardner Minshew, he just really wasn't that great last year. So when you in when you put Lawrence into this situation, they have an okay offensive line, which I hope will get better as they infuse more draft picks into it. There's a chance for him to still be able to replicate a lot of this success that he had with Clemson because, again, he has playmakers. He has a number one wide receiver. He has a solid number two wide receiver. And then he has someone like Chenault who can be anything that they want him to be because he is that versatile. Yes. He's that's like what a, I was going to say. Is, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, he is very versatile. He, he's almost like a like a transformer, you know, like Optimus Prime or – or you know bumblebee i'm like he, he can do it all that's what i just want to say i'm like he's got he's got weapons so that's a good point good and that's point. what i was going to bring up too is that you can be concerned about he's had these great weapons but dj chark is a great 50 50 ball wide receiver marvin jones at his prime and i understand he's not that is one of the best 50 50 ball wide receivers in the nfl and then chenault's going to take all the underneath stuff mm-hmm. i i feel like the the right weapons are in place for him to succeed and even better they might have to throw the ball a ton so that's going to work out really well too but one point we talked about with his rushing the one thing when watching his games that scared me is he does not seem to protect himself. And in the NFL, that can be very dangerous because those guys are bigger, faster, and they're going to hit a lot harder. And I know the SEC, ACC defenses aren't any joke, but they're still not the guys you're facing every week in the NFL, and he's going to get himself hurt. And that kind of concerns me with his coach coming directly from college as well because an NFL coach will smack sense into him right away, and we don't know if Urban Meyer is going to do that because this is his first crack at it. So that kind of worries me a little bit with that uh, with that marriage. And, and let's also remember, too, Daryl Bevel is their offensive yeah. coordinator this year. I know everybody wants to talk about the type of offenses that Urban Meyer ran in college, and, and he produced running quarterbacks. Like Alex yep. Smith was very mobile. We all know about Tim Tebow. We know about, you know, JT Barrett and Troy Smith. Uh, Troy Smith. And I know there's another Braxton Miller. Like yeah. those are all very mobile quarterbacks. So he's not afraid to utilize the mobility of the quarterbacks, which again, you could, even if Justin Fields takes that leap and is the number one pick that goes to Jacksonville, both of these guys have that type of mobility that they can work with in the offense. And Daryl Bevel's specialty is running the football. I mean, look what he did with Minnesota. Obviously, he had Adrian Peterson, he had Marshawn Lynch in seattle they these guys they know how to run the football they had deandre swift last year he started to make some waves guess who they have this year everybody's favorite breakout last year james robinson so they have a strong running game that they can build around and that's only going to help lawrence presumably or whatever young quarterback they ultimately end up taking uh i don't know if i mentioned him but don't forget (laughs) 2014 ohio state university stud carlos hyde (laughs) <laughs> who played under Urban Meyer at the Ohio State <laughs> University. So beware, Carlos Hyde. Get ahead of ourselves. About, about to come and ruin I, your the, day. The biggest worry about them is, are they going to have the ability to run the ball very much because of how bad that so, defense is and that offense? So they've got line, draft so. picks, though. That's the yeah. thing. So, if those draft picks hit, they can make some waves. Yeah. So I, I agree with you on that. And they have Josh Allen as a as a uh, defensive end who is legit. And you know what? Let me just throw the most important fact out there. Why are we just giving Lawrence the job? Gardner Minshew is still okay. there, the mustache man. Let's not just take this job away from him. <laughs> they already took the job away from him, Ryan. What are you I, talking about? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I 
zero Minshew, <laughs> zero Minshew blasphemy. I won't allow it. It's <laughs> like he he can post all the you know all the black and white you know portrait on your iPhone images looking like an extra from Roadhouse all he wants. I'm like, right. he, he, he's moving on. <laughs> he's moving no, on. he can do that and then get the job, Moody. That's how they make decisions yeah. in the NFL. Let's go. <laughs> oh, you have a mustache? QB1, baby. That's right. That's the only reason I'm on this show. <laughs> I love Gardner Minshew. All this is telling me is that when Gardner Minshew wins the job, I can trade Ryan, Gardner Minshew, and Dynasty for a first round. For the world. For the world, David, for the world. But quickly, just to your point, Ryan, on is Jacksonville even going to be able to run the football? I'm looking at their depth chart. I low-key kind of like it if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. So they have Chark, Marvin Jones, Chenault. I feel like that's a, it's not great, but it's a solid three-receiver combo yeah. right there. And then they have, you talk about tall receivers, Colin Johnson, who's six foot six, came out last year. They have him as well. Um their return game gets bolstered. Jamal Agnew, none of you yeah. know who that is. Maybe Moody does. I know Josh and Ryan don't. I do. You do? Oh, congratulations, Ryan. Detroit last year, wasn't he? Yep. I just, I, we don't we don't discuss special teams players ever on this Ah, show. but I write about defense and special teams, so I have to know return men. <laughs> oh, that is true. Jamal Agnew's on the team, which I'm excited about. That'll help their uh, return game. We obviously all know what James Robinson is and if he can continue that. The biggest question is their offensive line, but mostly probably yeah. using draft picks for that. Yes. To go to their defense, Miles Jack and Joe Schobert are probably a top five linebacker tandem in the NFL. That's when Miles Jack has his head screwed on straight because that can sometimes be a hit or miss with him in game. But Joe, Joe Schobert is a top three middle linebacker in the NFL. Like Tackling-wise, reading defenses, he's absolute money. Big questions in the secondary. Uh, CJ Henderson is eh. Trey Herndon is garbage. Uh, but Josh, you said it. They have Josh Allen. Like he's he's yeah. a stud, he's pass a rusher team. on the edge. Um, they might go out and get another one. Who knows? Maybe probably a middle to late round guy to maybe potentially come off the edge. But they ha they have they have the tools. And Tyler Eifert at tight end. How could I forget? Um, they have the tools. Nah, Eifert's a no, free agent. Yeah, I think they, I don't uh, even know who they have at tight end right now. Oh, my bad. They have Chris Manhurts, the That's first right. tight end from the <laughs> That's <Carolina> right. <laughs> Your elite Chris Manhurts. Uh, Moody, his Saints went up against him year round, and it was very scary of Chris Manhurts every time he took the field. Um, but no, I think, I think they're set up to have, have a solid, solid roster if, um, again, Trevor Lawrence will be there when, when Trevor Lawrence gets there. All right, let's slide into the uh, to the Big Apple here, the New York Jets. Before it was Justin Fields. Now it's Zach Wilson. So not who's going to end up there, but Moody, who would you like to see in New York throwing to people that I don't know because who do they have at receiver? Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. Oh, yes, people. So and no feeling cold, man. Come on now. Jameson yeah. Crowder. There you I go. Can't believe Jameson Crowder. Chris Herndon. How could I forget? The elite elite tight end out of the University of year. Miami. Breakout year. It's been his breakout year for the last three years. Hey, no, that's his middle name. I was just telling everyone what his middle name is. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Moody, who would you like to see in New York with a lot of young and versatile weapons, minus Jameson Crowder, who's just old and versatile? You know, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm still trying to recover from the disrespect of the Jets receivers, you know, with Jamison Crowder and all those. You know, I had flashbacks of like big trouble in Little China, like where, where Jack Burton's talking to the uh, 
uh, low pans like bad guys. And he's just like, you know what old Jack Burton says at a time like this? And the guy says, who? Jack Burton, me. <laughs> so it made me think about that. I like I just, it. I love that. These two yeah. have been disrespecting Jamison Crowder for weeks, Moody, Hold and I'm on. glad to have you on the show. Yes, yes, Ryan. We we will join <laughs> forces to Yes, but, yes, but I'll answer your question then. Let, let me let me preface. I just forgot Jameson Crowder was still on the team. I enjoy Jameson Crowder. Oh, that's it. No disrespect. No I just disrespect. forgot he existed. I just want Braxton Berrios to have his moment in the sun. Go ahead, Moody. All right, okay. All right, T- time to get serious. So, Zach Wilson. Uh, lo- love to see him with the Jets. Um, we're, we were talking you know, before the show about you know what he was able to do with BYU. Had a historic season last year. Like This is the dude that threw for you know nearly 3,700 yards, which ranked 16th in school history. Also threw for 33 touchdowns, which tied for fifth most in school history. He also excelled throwing the ball deep as well. Third most deep yards, if you look at uh, pro football focus, uh, among QBs last season. Now, we all know about his arm strength. It's really unparalleled when you compare him to his peers in the class. I would say he does need to improve like his anticipation you know, and timing as he transitions to the NFL level. Like I mentioned before of my uh, pre-show, he does carry some risk. Uh, but hey, the Jets are going to be the Jets, which I, I want him to go to the Jets because it's going to um, allow the quarterback I'm, I'm, we'll talk about next to, to go to a location that I'm really intrigued by. <laughs> Ooh, intrigued. Okay, so he, Moody, you brought up like, you know, there's some worry or he needs to improve his anticipation and timing. I feel like mm-hmm. that, that kind of brought up a question. When it comes to like things that, uh, quarterback specifically in, in college are kind of missing or lacking moving into the into the pros. What are some that you feel are easier to overlook because they can actually be fixed a lot easier at the pro level and they can be worked on and coached, whereas mm-hmm. other ones are kind of like, okay, this is really hard to coach at at the pro level. So like, is anticipation and timing something you're a little worried about with Wilson, but you're confident that he can actually grow on with coaching in the NFL or is it the exact opposite? No, I I think you hit the head of the nail, Joe. It's just really with that uh, anticipation and and timing. And I know we talked about with those tighter windows, you know, at the NFL level that you have to throw into. I would just say the thing that I thought, uh, thought about immediately was like really with the speed of the game. I think the speed of the NFL surprises a lot of college players. Now, I, I was never blessed enough to play in the NFL, obviously, but I did play college ball. And I just remember the the transition from like high school to college. I was like, the speed was something that that I noticed like immediately. I was like, hey, everyone's a stud out here. Everyone is, is, is fast or quick. But getting accustomed to that speed, I think is critical. And, and that's something too, that he can uh, just get used to it physically, you know, with playing the game. And also just doing his uh, his film work and study because he's going to know he's going to have to react like quickly in order to make it happen. So that's just my take. But I think we're aligned. And that's actually something that's real interesting to bring up about him because I saw a great stat that he faced the least amount of pressure of any college quarterback. Um, basically, I think during his entire term to yeah. where unless you end up on San Francisco, which is literally building a wall around their quarterback, you're probably going to be behind a bad offensive line. And so the jump up in speed for him is going to be even taken to an extra level because he was able to challenge CBs in college that he may not be able to do in the pros because he's not going to have the time that he thought he had. And then them windows are going to close a lot faster than they did playing at BYU. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And, that, and that's the thing where we talk about 
is that general manager going to define like success or failure for his tenure and, and tying it to Zach Wilson? Because you mentioned about the offensive line. It, it was a disaster disappointment last season in New York. I'm like, I'm like, they allowed like pressure, like in 2.5 seconds or less, like on yeah. 28% of their dropbacks, the worst rate in the NFL. And so unless they make some major changes, uh, and, and fortunately, this is a really good draft class, like for offensive linemen. Uh, I think that's something that they're going to have to game plan for because I'm like, if he's behind that offensive line, like if it's, it's the exact same setup as last year, it's probably I was like it, it. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's game over. I, I think the good thing about that offensive line, Makai Becton, his left tackle should help. Oh, he's a wall out. himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll have another year under his belt. Um, which is good in an actual off season that he can go through with coaching. So I think when it comes to protecting your blind side, he's kind of safe there, but you know, one offensive lineman can't block five NFL defensive players. I know we're talking the rookies. I just want to throw out if in my best reality, the jets trade that second pick and let 24 year old Sam Darnold try to grow in this offense. I just think they could take those picks, try to build. I know you guys don't like him, but I would try to build something around him. So well, Josh doesn't like him. Yeah. That Sam would be Arnold, I, uh, red shirt fresh or sophomores, not my thing. In, in and that's in, fair. Uh, and it like takes said, them if, too long to learn, and teams give up on them too fast. So you would give up on them just really quickly. That's why Basically, you would yeah. handle, that. That's how you would solve that problem by doing yeah. what everybody else does. Okay. Well, he's gonna miss <laughs> four more games this year. Like what he does, he gets hurt. It's no, it's just, all over I just feel like there's there's a lot of stock in that second round or second overall pick right now, and what they could potentially haul from that could help them build around Darnold, bringing in Corey Davis. They already have a defense that's trending the right way, and bringing over Robert Sala from San Francisco is hopefully going to keep them on an upswing. So, yeah. Quickly before we move into Justin Fields, just want to give because I see all these people in chat that we haven't given love to. Uh, I know Josh has in the comments, but Matt, who's a new new listener, I believe. Sean's still here, always running the show. McSweet, good to see you. I think first time in a couple weeks, McSweet. Troy's yeah. here, uh, and I just wanted to address this. Matt, uh, crying on the inside, but just let me hold <laughs> on to this, please. Okay? Just let me hold on to it. Uh, I am an honorary and day one Bucks fan. I follow them ever since, the creamsicle jerseys, all right? In the womb, I grew up a Bucks fan. Um <laughs> Why gotta hate on me like that, Matt? Come on, man. <laughs> We're talking quarterbacks. I looked at my closet. There's a quarterback jersey. I put it on. Did I specifically pick out the one that has the greatest Super Bowl comeback ever? Maybe. There you go. But that's not that's not of the fact. I will have a running back jersey. I think I do have a running back jersey and a receiver and a tight end jersey for when we do all those shows in the oh. coming weeks. Um, all right. Let's move into Justin Fields here. Do I get to say anything on Zach Wilson? I mean, Jesus. Nope. No. You're just done. like no. right by. Okay, sure, whatever. Nope. But I'm going to point this out first really quick. Per PFF, Zach Wilson's passing grade on deep passes, 99.9. Is that good? Fairly certain that's the best you can get. Out of 200? I, I don't know. <laughs> it was the best among... Everybody in college football last listen, year. Listen, so. listen, it's a valid question because the NFL does passer ratings on a 158.3. <laughs> so we really, we really yeah. do need to specify if 99.9 is good because a 99.9 passer rating in the NFL is average. Yeah. yeah. So, and among the draft eligible quarterbacks, uh, only Mac Jones had a lower drop back percentage of being pressured than. Zach oh, okay. So, wow. 
Nice. Take it for what you will. But yeah. yeah. Unless he's going to San Francisco, maybe he struggles. Could be a problem. We'll see. Can't wait to talk about Mac Jones. All right. Let's start with the other second worst quarterback in the in this uh, class, Justin Fields. Good God. Um, Why you gotta hate on the guy? Jesus. Ohio State quarterbacks, baby. I will say that till the day's end. Um, he is barely an Ohio State quarterback. Good point. What, one year start. I was gonna Ohio say State. if he ended up staying at Georgia and graduated and then went to the NFL, you'd be saying something completely different. No, I wouldn't. Next Matt Stafford, right? <laughs> How's Jake Fromm doing? Like, I mean, I'm just, clearly you look at Matt Stafford and Justin Fields and you think same guy. Yeah, ex- the exact same person. <laughs> Literally the exact same person. All right. Moody, we'll start with you. Justin Fields, the ideal spot you would like to see him in. I know you said it's an intriguing spot, so yes. I am intrigued. Where is Justin Fields going in your mind? Yes, I would, I would really like to see uh, Justin Fields land with the 49ers. The 49ers. No, I, I would love it. I am salivating just thinking about the possibilities. Kyle Shanahan offense. He's tethered to it. Hey, great things are going to happen. Great offensive mind. One of the best coaches in the league. I'm like, you look at Fields. I know you said he, you blinked and you missed him at that Ohio State. <laughs> like, you played 22 games. But just think about the statistical body of work here. The guy accounted for 5,373 passing yards, 867 rushing yards. 63 touchdowns and only nine interceptions. I'm like, he's lethal in the open field as a runner. I think we all know that. And also like that he's not really shy about aggressively pushing the football downfield. Yep. Now, everyone will say, you know, the you know film heads out there, well, he needs to get work faster through his progressions. Hey, everybody's got opportunities. But, you know, the union of, of fields and the 49ers, truly, I believe that'll be a match made in fantasy football heaven. So I'll, I'll, I'll love to see it. Love to see it. I, I will I will say, and I think Ryan said this quickly um, before the show, I agree that he'll be a fantasy threat strictly off his legs. Like, no doubt. Because you'll have guys like Mac Jones, who I think is in the same category of, I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but Mac Jones can't throw. Or I can't run, excuse me. Justin Fields, Moody already said it, lethal. Absolutely lethal in the open field. What do you so have, like a that, 4 4 one forty in his yeah, pro Today yeah. or yesterday, right? That's yeah. uh, that's smoky fast. That is very, very fast, especially for a quarterback. So that guy in the open field, that's guaranteed fantasy points for you right there at a position where, again, it's getting more and more common that rushing is coming into play in fantasy football at the quarterback position. But if you can have a guy like that on your team, that's definitely going to put you over the edge. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I was actually going to let Josh jump in so, since we killed him on Zach Wilson. So Josh can go that's first. That's okay, Ryan. It's fine. <laughs> I, here's my thing with, with Justin Fields. And when I was doing a lot of the research for our Stars of Tomorrow threads that you know, and, I, and I put out uh, the Fields thread on, on Tuesday. So you look at the – and Moody, you you ran off a lot of the, the stats and stuff that he's put up at Ohio State. On a per-game basis, he's not great or not the best in this class, but he's good. And, I mean, second highest completion percentage, and we all know how Joe feels about completion percentage. It's a bogus stat, blah, 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 et cetera. But here's the thing, though. His air yards per attempt were the second best in this class. So if he's throwing the ball downfield and completing at a 68% clip, I think that shows you that he has pretty good ball placement and is pretty accurate with his throws. Yeah. Yeah. His completion percentage of overexpected, which I know is another analytic stat that people probably are just kind of like, oh, my God, analytics, whatever, just shoot me. But – 
12.4%, which, and again, what the stat does is it takes into account the average in your conference among quarterbacks and where your particular metric is. So he was one of the better ones, not only in the Big Ten, but also in this class as a whole. And you talk about, you know, his uh, total adjusted net yards per attempt. That's also the second highest in this class at 9.2. So the advanced metrics tell us that Justin Fields is really good at football. So take out the helmet and what he's wearing. He knows how to play the game and he knows how to produce. He has the speed that he can be elusive and he can make plays outside of the pocket. And we know about his toughness. Look what he did in the, the college football semifinal where he gets absolutely crushed and then goes out and throws for six touchdowns. There's a lot that I like about Justin Fields. I'm not ready yet to say he's the best quarterback in this class, but he's really good. And if the Jets really are sold on taking Zach Wilson, if the 49ers moved all the way up to get someone like Mac Jones, what I know has been rumored and passing on Justin Fields, my God, would that be absolutely stupid? Yeah, absolutely stupid. Justin Fields in San Francisco is a dream come true, not only for him as a fantasy asset, but for George Kittle, for Brandon Ayuk, for Debo Samuel, for Raheem Mostert or whatever running back they want to put behind that line in him. I feel like the Niners have to know who the Jets are taking. And there's a relationship there to begin with. I don't feel like you make that trade because one of our guys will be there. I feel like it's no different than what the your guy's going to be there. It's no different than what the Eagles did a few years back with Wentz and Goff. Like they made that trade all the way up, not really knowing who the Rams were going to take. But they had basically what they came out and said was they had the same grade on these guys and they would be satisfied with either one. It so could very well be the same thing with San Francisco. All I'm going to say is, I literally, Joe, was going to say, are you seriously looking back at that situation and being like, that's what we should mimic? Well, but neither has really become a superstar. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't not, mean that. They yeah, were that's right what I'm saying. Wrong, like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm I not saying like, it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it happens. <laughs> yeah, the only thing with Fields is, and Moody, you kind of hit on a point that a lot of people are using as a negative against him is that he spends too much time in the pocket. But one thing is, Whenever a rushing quarterback comes into the NFL, what's the first knock we always hear on him is that he's too quick to run. He's too quick to run. Fields was happy to stand in that pocket with the time that he was getting with that O-line and make the pass. And I think that's a great thing for a pro quarterback. But from a fantasy aspect, if he doesn't have that time in the pocket, it's just going to lead to more rushing opportunities, which is nothing but gold in fantasy. We all know the the Konami code. Shout out to Lord Reeves. It's going to play out very well. So we kind of talked on this pre-show. Watching the film, Lawrence makes it look effortless. And I understand the weapons around him probably help that. Fields, it doesn't look effortless. He is definitely trying. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Please try. That's what you want out of your quarterback. Um. <laughs> I still put Lawrence at one, but from a fantasy aspect, if you're talking strictly fantasy, I could all day seeing Fields being the better fantasy quarterback just because we all know, what was it, eight of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks last year rushed for over 300 yards. Like That's a key aspect in fantasy football, and Fields brings that to the table from Jump Street, and I think that could just be huge in fantasy. Yeah, no, yeah, really, really good points, and then it's just the – it's a really solid scheme. You know, we mentioned personnel. Uh, offensive line play was solid last year. I'd love to see them add some additions, like, to their interior offensive line. 
But yeah. as I mentioned before, hey, this draft class has a lot of very viable linemen. So, no, I'm excited. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see this happen because uh, that would I be think awesome. he'll surprise a lot of people. Matt says Fields is going to be a great and easy quarterback to possibly quarterback one, in his opinion. I don't, I don't know if that's this year, but Matt, you got a, you got a full set on you to think Justin Fields <laughs> is cracking the top ten in his rookie year. That's a, you know, Tom Brady's still in the league, right? Like he was one of the two quarterbacks that didn't rush for three hundred yards. That was. I was actually just year. looking it up. It's my favorite thing I've ever seen. He had six rushing yards last year. <laughs> It helps when you have 40 off touchdown passes. Though. Off, off a cliff. Foot, yep. He's off a cliff, guys. He's done. I was just looking at it, and I was like, my God, everybody else is well over 100. Brady, six. 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 <laughs> six. And I guarantee you I guarantee you, four of those rushing yards. Three. Three. Okay, let's say three Three or four of those rushing yards were a touchdown. I knew, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Guaranteed. Three of them. Guaranteed. His his third and one and fourth and one sneak percentage, like, um, it's not completion. I guess completion percentage technically. Oh, conversion percentage is ninety seven percent. Oh yeah, he's like the most dangerous red zone running back in God, NFL history. Absolute <laughs> God. Who's, Real who's quick, the... Joe. Matt was talking about among rookies. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like, let me clarify. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not. That's I'm not fine. stamping my name on that. That's fine. That Matt, I was about to say you got to listen to the show a little more often because that is. <laughs> I I love it. I love it. But that's that was bold. But Sean has a question. He is the 102, and hypothetically, if the Jets take Wilson and the Niners get Fields, would you guys take Justin Fields because the situation? is better moody i'll start with you who would you rather at the 102 assuming wilson goes to the jets and fields goes to the niners oh yeah that, that's a really uh yeah it's a really really good question uh my, my initial thought would be you know to go ahead and take uh god yeah my initial thought is, is fields yeah I'll, I'll just i'll put it out there yeah if those two are out there i, I would go uh i would go with fields Okay. I would initially ask, is this a super flex? Because if it's yeah, not, it, it, is it is. It is. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fields all day for me. It's not even yeah. close. Yeah. 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 I, I was, I too was going to say fields. I mean, I, I just look at it this way. Which situation is better? It's San Francisco and it's not a question, right? It is Wilson really your QB two over fields like pre-draft before landing spot. Because if that's the case, I, then maybe you do lean Wilson because you think he's ultimately going to be a better quarterback than Fields. But for me, I have Fields higher, and if he lands in on the San better Francisco, spot, the better landing spot, it's no question Fields over Wilson. Well, and that's it's interesting that they bring up because if Wilson ends up in San Francisco, that's the only time it gets hard for me because, like we talked about, exactly. San Francisco yeah. for a guy like Wilson is just an ideal spot because you have a wall in front of you. So yeah. That, that that that's where I was a little hesitant. So I was like, well, you know, like if, if Wilson ends up in that scenario, it's like you're kind of tethering yourself to, to that, that offense. Yeah. 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 But that that's a that's a really good question though. Yeah, that's good. This this is an interesting one and uh Lee brought this up. Another another lovely listener we have here, Lee. Where would a quarterback with Brady's skill set be drafted today? It's interesting you asked that, Lee, because there's Let's a find guy out where Mac Jones goes. <laughs> out of Alabama who literally sits in the pocket and doesn't move. It is, it, again, they're not the same quarterback. 
<laughs> but when you narrow it down to how they act as the quarterback, are they a runner? Are they a they're pocket passers and they don't move. And if you pressure them up the middle, they're screwed. They're the exact same quarterback in those rights. Um, Brady would be drafted six round pick one ninety nine. Of course, that's no doubt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 a really good question. Uh, does, I, does I, I mean, mean, honestly, at the end of the day, we're going to find out. Yeah, no, definitely. Because Mac Jones has a very similar skill to to Tom Brady. They're they're yeah. statues in the pocket, and you know they make smart throws. So it's just so hard because Brady didn't throw very many touchdowns because college football was different. Michigan was a run first, run second, run third team every chance they got. It's just such a different time because while they are very similar skill sets, Mac Jones got to display what a quarterback of that skill set could do, and Brady just wasn't given that chance. Like there, there's no question he was never given an opportunity to show what we would all eventually see him become. And I, and I think what the interesting part is, Josh said it, where's Mac Jones going to go? And I'll start with Moody here. Where is he going to go, Eric? Where's, where's, where's Mac Jones going to end up uh, for his NFL career, presumably? Yeah, I would say with Mac Jones, uh, I, I'd love to see him land uh, with the Patriots uh, in that scenario. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was thinking, I was like, we're talking about Tom Brady. You've got the jersey on, Joe. I'm just like. They're just gonna laugh, and you did because no, uh, Joe hates Mac Jones. Oh, can't stand him. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've been praying for this to happen, and Joe just gets sick. So when you said it, you just made the world smile, and Joe frowned. So there we go. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. Uh, But then here, here's the deal. You know, you've got Cam Newton that's there on an incentive-laden contract, one-year deal. Guy's 32 years old. Uh, it's just a really good situation. The Patriots, year in and year out, have had one of the the top offensive lines in the league. They're now loaded on offense after this free agency spending spree that everyone's been talking about. And uh, I think the setup, you know, we're, we're talking about Mac Jones and the weapons that he had at Bama. I think the setup would be like eerily similar. Uh, I'm like, you look at Jones last season, everyone was kind of alluding to this. I'm like all time season, single, uh, single season passing yardage leader at Alabama. And I, I'm a huge uh, Bama fan. So I'm, I'm very well versed in, in their lore. Uh, I think his biggest strength, which I think translates very well to the next level, is with uh, being able to manipulate the pocket. He does a really good job at anticipating throws and really seeing the field. And so, you know, Joe, hey, I'm sorry, but he's going to land with the Patriots, and you're going to have to be stuck hearing about Mac Jones for the next 10 to 15 years. Sorry. Listen, listen the, the, the most painful thing is that Ryan and Josh have been teasing me about this, and they're like, oh, he's going to end up there. The most painful thing is that you're way more qualified than anybody else here. <laughs> That's what makes me me the most mad. No, that is actually that, is that you're a writer with the athletic. You played college football, and now I'm sitting here like, well, shit. He clearly knows more than we do. So, damn. So Moody, I, I'm gonna hate it. I, I actually want to ask you a question, especially as a Bama fan. I admittedly yeah. do not follow college football closely. For these shows, is when I actually start scouting players. Uh-huh. My biggest concern with Mac Jones, he obviously was trapped behind Tua for such a long period of time. Yes, he was. And so 2020 was kind of his like coming out party. And it was such a weird year all around. Bad defenses, unprepared teams. And he looked great. Don't get me wrong. He looked fantastic with Don't some of the best out. weapons. And yeah, and all of that. Opt-outs, the schedules were changing on the fly. It was all just crazy. Is there any concern that what we saw from Mac Jones in 2020 is not the Mac Jones we should expect? Yeah, it's it's it was just a weird a weird season, uh, yeah. you know. You mentioned, but uh, 
I believe that we, you know, that's the Mac Jones, you know, that we saw last year that we'll see like at the next level because one thing with Bama, it's like they, they stockpile like so much talent and you've got like guys that are like at number two or number three that will be studs at other universities around the yeah. country. And so even if you have a small like body of work, uh, they could still thrive like at the next level. So I, I don't think we'll see that personally with uh, with Mac Jones. Okay. I, was, I would say out of all these Alabama like quarterbacks that have kind of made that transition to the next level uh, over the last like 15 or 20 years, I'm like Mac Jones is, is probably one that I'm more excited about than I have been on, on some of the others to see what he's able to accomplish. So and I've seen a lot of Alabama quarterbacks kind of go Patrick McElroy, you know, all yeah. these guys over the years that it's like the, they don't do anything at the next level, but I think he'll make some noise. Nick Saban quarterbacks. Yeah, as you say, Joe's biggest knock is if a quarterback, if a coach's scheme has never produced an NFL player, he's never going to produce an NFL player. And so Joe just doesn't see it happening. <laughs> any any guy Nick Saban employs at his university over the over the size of 250 pounds tends to be an NFL player. Uh, any quarterback that he has ever had has not been good. The jury's out on Tua because yeah. I do think Tua is still, you know, he, he should make a, sh- he should have a shot, but the best quarterback he's produced is AJ McCarron. Yeah. He started like three games and has passed yeah. around the NFL. Hugh so. Jackson was going to give up two second round picks for AJ McCarron. <laughs> well, well, Sasha's like, no, 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 insert, insert the Andre the Giant gear. <laughs> Joke's on you, Ryan. Bill O'Brien won up to him and gave away three future first round picks for literally the 16th best left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, and he gave away DeAndre Hopkins um, and left away. his team in complete shambles. So, yep. Josh, you added Washington. And my guess is, like, I don't want him to go to Washington. I want Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick to have the greatest quarterback battle ever. That's that's what I want. I want Fitzpatrick week one, Heineke week two, and they just switch and they go 16-0. and It'll be the greatest season ever. But why do you see him in Washington with Ron Rivera? I, I think that when you're looking at this quarterback class, it's Lawrence, it's Fields, and then you have Wilson, to me, is kind of like an extension of that top tier. And then you have Lance and then you have Jones. Like that's kind of the way that I look at this class. Like I don't think that Jones is a top five guy. I really don't even think he's a top 10 guy, but I think he can be a quality NFL starter. He's not somebody that I'm really going to target in fantasy, maybe in Superflex as like a late second or something. But um, I think he's a smart player. I think he's a very accurate passer. And again, when you look at the advanced metrics, when you look at the completion percentage, it's all there. Uh, 12 and a half air yards per attempt. That's solid. That's the best among this quarterback class. Uh, his breakout age, not great. But again, at Alabama, you're not going to have that because he's behind Hurts. He's behind he Tua. Yeah. He didn't get a chance. When he got a chance, he shined. And yes, I understand that he had the Heisman winner, uh, Devontae Smith. He had Jalen Waddle for a little bit this year. But even last year uh, with you know Judy and, and Ruggs and, and again with Waddle and, and uh Smith, he still performed well. He completed 68% of his passes and still had over 10 air yards per attempt. So he knows how to get the ball downfield, and he knows how to do it accurately. And in the NFL, you need to be able to do that. 
What I and, found interesting is his uh, touchdowns per attempt translated from last year to this year as well. Exactly. So, yeah. And uh, again, it helps when Devontae Smith catches 20 touchdowns, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so, you know, he threw 40 some odd touchdowns this year and, and SEC didn't even play a full season the way that the ACC did. So that goes to show you, like, he knows how to play the game. He's a smart player. And, I, and really, that's what you're looking for in a quarterback. You want somebody that can progress through and do the things you need to do. I, I will say that you can maybe take some stock in the fact that most of the plays that he ran were RPOs. So he really only had to go through the one read. Yeah. But again, if he goes to a place like Washington, he's not going to be expected to play right away. He can sit behind Fitzpatrick, who we know is a smart player, even though he plays kind of dumb sometimes because he just has that mentality of I'm going to make this play. But yeah. they don't at Washington. They, they need a game manager. And I think that's really the type of career that I see Mac Jones having. He's not going to be a fantasy superstar, I don't believe, but I think he can be a quality NFL starter that comes in, makes plays, has a good defense, and can win you some football games. And I think that matches with what Washington wants and needs. Yeah, nice young core of weapons in Washington as well that he could be attached to. So. Correct. To add on yeah. to the he's probably not a great fantasy option, we talked about him and Brady having, you know, the same skill set. And Matt had brought up that Mac Jones ran a half a second faster than Brady on the 40. I mean, Tom Brady probably has one of the slowest 40 times ever at any position. So, again, not hard to do at that point. But we talked about Brady was one of two quarterbacks to crack the top 10 that didn't have over 300 rushing yards. And he was one of the only ones that didn't have over 100. He had six, but he had three rushing touchdowns on the ground. Mac Jones had 35 attempts last year for 14 yards and one touchdown. So you're but he getting, threw 40 touchdowns. And he, but Tom he Brady threw, threw 40 touchdowns. Like, if, yeah. if you can throw touchdowns, you can be viable in fantasy. I'm not saying that He's gonna do he that. can't be, but you have to be able to do that year in and year out. And if you do that, you ultimately end up being Tom Brady. And I don't think any of us think that Mac Jones is going to be Tom Brady. Yes. It's, it's just – it's not going to happen. So – might he be a good fill-in guy for a week or so? May may be able to play the matchups with him. A potential good streaming option later in his career. Looking at Ryan, yeah. um, you know, could could that be it? I mean, there, there's definitely some value to have him on your team. And hey, if he goes off one year, whoo, trade that trade that bad boy <laughs> away in Dynasty. Um, but you're just not going to have the rushing upside like you would with basically most of these other quarterbacks in this class and. One of the questions I want to get to here with Lee, who's asking another great question. How big is the gap between the first rounders in Trask and Kellen Mond and obviously the other guys after that? The first rounders, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and um, Fields, Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. Obviously, those are the first rounders that people are labeling. Then you have Trask and Mond, and then it kind of just goes from there. When would any of them, first rounders or laters, expect to see the field? Who would you expect to see the starter? So I guess let's just okay. quickly go like are any of these guys someone that kind of excites you, Moody? Like, is Trask a guy that excites you? Moody a guy that, or, um, excuse me, Mond a guy that excites you? Or is there even another guy that no one's even talking about that you're thinking, oh, he actually might be a good quarterback in the NFL? Uh, yeah, just just kind of real quick. Yeah, I, I would say that, uh, that Trask does, like, excite me, but it comes down to, like, the landing spot. Like, I'd love to see him uh, go to Denver where he can sit behind um, Oh, my, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Thank you. Drew Locke for a year. 
and and then kind of transition in, you know, as their starter. For for someone like Kellen Mond, uh, the, it's just funny, but one place I really love to see him land is like with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I'm like, go to Chicago, sit behind Red Rifle, you know, Andy <laughs> Dalton for yeah. uh, for a season, and then let's let's kind of uh, usher him in. I'm like, I know everyone in, in fantasy circles is like, oh, Andy Dalton, let me talk bad about him, but I'm like, he's had a solid like career, yeah, and he's, he's had shown it, yeah, especially in a fan in, in fantasy too, where I think it was one year where he finishes a little a top six quarterback. I'm just yeah. kind of off memory. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, he he's shown some things, but I think with a guy like Mon coming in learning behind Dalton for a year, I, I think could pay dividends. I'm just curious to see on another note, if Andy Dalton is truly going to help save like Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy's job. That's another discussion for another day. Yeah. And you, you, <laughs> Andy Dalton again for, for bears fans. Are you excited about Andy Dalton? Hell no, you're not excited about Andy Dalton, but <laughs> the good news with Andy Dalton is, and even for fantasy owners, like if you're an Allen Robinson owner and you're like, Oh, this exactly. is not good. Uh, remember AJ Green was a consistent top ten receiver, and he had yeah. Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Andy Dalton can still throw the football; like yeah. he's not washed up by any means. Is he going to go out and win you a game? Probably not. But is he still going to produce fantasy numbers for you potentially in a streaming week or for your receivers like Adarnell Mooney, like an Allen Robinson? Yes, those guys are still mm-hmm. going to get their numbers, which is the well, best part. And that's what I was going to say. Even last year, not peak Dalton, we still saw good weeks from Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup towards the end. That There's hope for uh, certainly Allen Robinson. So you, you talk uh, We about- all know Allen Robinson is quarterback-proof. Yeah, yeah no, he's fine. He had a top three season with Blake freaking Bortles. I was going to say, he survived Blake, Blake Bortles. You mean, <laughs> so. you mean the GOAT? The goat, Blake Bortles. That's Nathan Peterman. Get it right, Joe. The goat? No, Nathan. Nathan Peterman is God. Like G A W D. Nathan Peterman. Still, still, I stand. I stand by the fact I would rather have Nathan Peterman as my quarterback over Cam Newton for the sole reason of entertainment factor. That's the only reason. Am I going to win games? Hell no. Am I going to want to pull my hair out and laugh at the same time as I watch my team utterly crumble at the hands of Nathan Peterman? You bet your ass I am. Might you see the interception record broken? Almost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will you see the In a quarter of the season, mind you. Yeah. Quarter of the game. <laughs> Literally had five interceptions and a half. Like, how do you do that? How do you even do that? It's harder to throw five. Yeah. <laughs> harder to throw five touchdowns in a half than it is to throw five interceptions. Like, what? Oh my god! It's funny you mentioned uh, Chicago Moody. I, when I was going through and watching some Kyle Trask tape, there's a lot of Mitchell Trubisky in his game. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has these flashes where he looks really good, and we see that all the time with Trubisky, where he looks really good and then he just falls off a cliff. And I see that with Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. So if Ryan Pace wants to double down, that'd be a good <laughs> spot for Chicago. <laughs> exactly. See, see, see so... happening. So Kellen Mond, I don't know about. I, I haven't seen too much on him, but and I, just, it, like his touchdowns went down each year. But yeah. out of this entire, out of these quarterback classes, he did have the second highest breakout age. So oh, there's great. that. Oh I mean, my god, amazing! Hey, when you break out younger, usually that's a good thing. Just saying. Great, fantastic. All you need about Kellen Mond is he has an absolute beam of an arm. The dude can throw seventy yards, no issue. The question, will it end up in the receiver's hands yeah. or 20 yards over his head? 
That's the real question with Kellen Mond. So if we uh, if he ends up in Denver, we could see him throw eighty yards in that thing. I was gonna say flip that. <laughs> flip, flip your flip your spots there, Moody, yeah, and I no, think we're great. I like it. I like it. I, like I, it. I, ha- I have said Mahomes plays there once a year. If Andy Reid doesn't just once <laughs> just let him uncork Mahomes it for a hundred yard hail mary, he is doing Tecmo the Super world Bowl a disservice. Style. Yes, he's doing the world a disservice. <laughs> Because the air is razor thin up there, and I have full confidence Patrick Mahomes could throw from end zone line to end zone line with no problem. Full <laughs> confidence in that. So if Andy Reid doesn't do it, that's just I think that's that's Andy Reid's fault. Yeah, that's yeah, depriving the world. Of it's a blemish on his career at this point. Yes, yeah. at this point, Andy Reid, are you a Hall of Famer? Maybe. We'll find out. I mean, we know he makes questionable coaching decisions, Joe. So come on, let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt here. He's not going to make that decision. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. One can hope. Andy, if you're listening. I was going to say, we are literally listening. challenging Andy Reid on the show at this point. <laughs> Andrew, let me be the coach for a day. The entire playbook is 99 yard Hail Marys. Right. I, we will have five touchdowns. Guaranteed. The Chiefs would have five touchdowns if they ran Hail Marys every single play. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Love All it. right. Last guy I want to talk about here, we haven't got to, who is in the top five, Trey Lance. Um, let's just go quickly here because we're running up on time. Moody, where's the ideal spot for you for the uh, NDSU Bison? Yeah, I like to see Lance uh, connect with the Panthers. I think that'll be a good uh, location for him. Very ideal, in my opinion. You know, sit behind Teddy Bridgewater. It sounds like he's still going to be there unless something happens. You know, but we'll uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think his game translates uh, really well with what the Panthers have done. And on top of that, I'm like he'd be surrounded by a lot of different weapons too. You know, he's got Christian McCaffrey there. He's got uh, you know Robbie Anderson. You know, DJ Moore. I like it. I, I do want to bring it because you brought up Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I saw someone who did all these different stats and things and analytics. I, I hated it, but this was this was the greatest thing. <laughs> it graded someone on like, you know, it was a four-point graph and all these things. And in smack middle is, you know, average. Teddy Bridgewater statted out analytically all this stuff. He was dead, dead center. center in the middle. <laughs> yes. And I was like, if that doesn't scream, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't scream average before... Literally, awesome. Teddy Bridgewater is the most average quarterback in the NFL, and I thought that was the funniest thing. I died laughing when I saw that. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, the only thing I was going to say, so I agree Carolina. I put Carolina, but in my show doc, or Washington, mainly mm-hmm. because Ron Rivera dealt with Cam Newton, a run-first type quarterback, and I feel like he could help. Um, why did the kid's name just leave me? Trey Lance. <laughs> help develop him. I'm going to say something that I'll go on the record with, I am not at all sold on Trey Lance. Um, I am concerned that every pass it seemed like he threw was to a wide open wide receiver. I feel like there's so much we don't know about him and that the NFL game could be so different. He has potential to be a huge bust and I am terrified of him and I don't know where I would take him in a fantasy draft. I hope he's gone before I have to make that decision. So. I'll say that I like Trey Lance. I like the potential that he offers, and a lot of that also comes from his rushing ability. Um, In my notes, I had New England or Carolina. I do like the Carolina landing spot. Um, But I I think there's a lot of of Cam Newton in his game, and a lot of like the running style. He has that sort of power running style. 
but he's about 25 ish pounds lighter than cam. And, but he's got a livelier arm than cam could ever dream of having. And with new England bringing back cam Newton, obviously it's a short-term deal. There's a lot of mentorship that will probably go on with that, but I think you'll have a chance to see Trey Lance this year. And I think that I would be very uncomfortable if he was starting from day one, because when you look at his college career, He's basically a redshirt sophomore. And if you haven't listened to this program before, I'm very down on redshirt sophomores because they just don't have the game experience. Like we we saw it with Mark Sanchez. We saw it with Sam Darnold. And yes, I know I'm naming two USC quarterbacks, but those are the first two that came up to my head. But Alex Smith was also a redshirt sophomore when he came Mm -hmm. in. And it took him seven years to get to that point. If that were nowadays, he wouldn't have had the chance to make it to seven years. Yeah. Because teams are impatient. Look at Deshaun Kaiser. He never stood a chance because he landed in Cleveland. But again, a redshirt sophomore that came out because they're so unprepared. So green. He had one starting year, which by all means was great. And I've seen quite a few of those games. He played very well. And Ryan, to your point, yes, there were a lot of wide open receivers, but that's just the style of offense that they played. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You know, if you, if your scheme is that good, your scheme is that good. All you got to do is hit him. And guess what? He hit him. That's what you Mm -hmm. want. So yeah. that's a good thing. Not a bad thing in my book. But the one game that he played this year, because of COVID, they canceled the season and pushed it back to spring. Yeah. He looked awful. <laughs> like Trey Lance looked like a completely different quarterback. So I don't know how you can go from that season to literally playing one game and then saying, I'm ready for the NFL. Like that that scares me if I'm a talent evaluator, which clearly I'm not. So maybe I'm completely wrong, and I know plenty of people that are very high on Trey Lance. I like the potential, but I think that he really needs to he needs to learn. There's still a lot that he can learn, and sure, maybe some of that is learning by doing, but maybe it's not. And I think yeah. New England would be a prime spot for him because, I mean, look, we've seen Josh Daniels work with some of these running-style quarterbacks. He had Tim Tebow. He had Cam last year. He knows how to tailor a playbook to their strengths. There's a lot that Trey Lance can do, whether it's running or passing. He's just got to get comfortable. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm all in. I just want to throw in, we talked so much about the rushing quarterbacks. Watching Lance's film and to another extent, watching Lawrence's film, I'm concerned that they better learn how to protect themselves very quickly. They do in run college. High. They ran high and they tried to run through. And that was one of the things I loved about watching Fields is he knew how to protect himself. He got out of bounds when it was time. He tried to spin out of tackles. He just did the things that are going to keep him healthy because we can love or hate these guys all we want. If they're on the IR, they're not helping your fantasy team. And that's something that the the rushing ability isn't going to help when they're rushing off of the field. So. Yeah, and that's, that's the one worry with having Cam Newton as a mentor for him. Yes. Cam Newton... I mean, he's he still doesn't go ne- down. Never saw a linebacker he was afraid of. <laughs> yeah, literally. He's like, oh, Ray Lewis is in Superman. front of me. Yeah, yeah it's great. Right. Let me just drop a shoulder. Uh, Luke but see, maybe that's where he can pass on that knowledge to Trey and say, you know what? Don't. <laughs> Don't do this or you're going to end up where I am, you know? Yeah. yeah, broken with two shoulder surgeries and can't hit the broadside of a barn from a foot away. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 ex- <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. If if Lance can go to New England because I I will Belichick's the best the best coach in NFL history and if there's 
if there's a guy who can literally turn crap to anything. It's well, it's, I don't even look at it like that. I mean, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick's a defensive guy. He wants to play defense, right? You want a quarterback yes. that's not going to make mistakes. Trey Lance had 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions. Yes. He knows how not to make mistakes. Yep. So that's you can important. take that as you <laughs> yeah. will, but you know, that's important when you're trying to play good defense, and that's what Belichick wants to do. It, it's incredible. He wanted someone who could protect the football, and he employed Cam Newton. And then decided. <laughs> well, he did that because he didn't have to spend money. There's a difference, Joe. But Josh, he then decided, oh, let's double down. Let's do it again. <laughs> that's that's literally like losing. That's like you. It's like losing a one hundred dollar blackjack hand, and you're like, yeah, screw it. Let's throw two hundred on this hand. And you flip an eleven. The dealer's showing a ten, and you're like, screw it. Let's double down. And then you get a two. And she flips a blackjack. That's just a bad decision. You don't do that. You just don't. I don't. You just don't do it. It's stupid. Oh, great way to end the show on a betting yes. analysis <laughs> from, from the guy who did the betting analysis from uh, from last season. Moody, thanks for joining, man. This was awesome. Um, it was. And yeah. before we wrap up, do my whole spiel one time. Where can everyone find you and all your work? Yeah, yeah. No, but hey, first of all, hey, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to do this been again fantastic. really, really soon. Yeah, so it's great. So I know, as you mentioned, hey, I'm a staff writer at The Athletic. You know, I create uh, fantasy football and fantasy basketball content there all year long. Just had something that was published uh, yesterday. So, hey, definitely go to the website, check it out. I also uh, contribute uh, over at Rotoballer. You know, I do a fantasy basketball DFS column. I'm also going to do some fantasy football stuff uh, with them uh, starting this month moving forward. I'm also at 4 for 4. You'll find me there. And I also write a uh, fantasy football newsletter, uh, Moody Fantasy Facts on Substack. So, hey, I'm all over the place. Check me out. Hit me up on Twitter. Always happy to help. I was going to say, please pitch that newsletter because you just recently started it. comes right to the email. It is amazing. Fine work you're doing right there. So Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, the recently more. verified Eric and yes, yes, got that check. <laughs> yes, yeah, I got, got the check mark. Came out of came out of nowhere, but I was like, okay, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll take it. So there you yeah. go. And if you forgot any of the places that he said, just follow him at Eric and Moody on Twitter. It, it's all there. Yes, go follow him. It's all there, and you can follow Josh at the One Hudsonian, Ryan at the Fantasy Five, myself at Joe underscore Zolo, and you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. A new episode of the Speakeasy is going to drop after Easter. I have to edit that. Uh, and if you missed it, Linda's debut hosting was with FTN Network. Steffi Smalls as her guest. You can look at that on our YouTube page. That dropped about three weeks ago now. I felt like it was yesterday. Yeah. Dropped on International Women's Day. So it dropped about yeah. three weeks ago now. Uh, one of our contributors as well, Chris Molina, will have his way too early redraft rankings dropping later this week. Oh, boy. That's like way, way, way too early. Yeah. We haven't even. Hey, people yet. were dropping them in February. We at least waited a month. Yeah, we <laughs> showed true. Frank. <laughs> we hold back. Uh, and then next week we talk quarterbacks. This week, next week we will be talking rookie running backs with old friend of the show John Helmkamp, who is the co-host of the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast. And since the last time we had him on, he now gained a new title as a writer with Deadspin. Yes. So excited to have John on the show to talk his specialties. We had him on last year to goo goo gaga over Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> so I'm very excited to see who he's goo goo gaga over for this year. I know he's not goo goo gaga on, and that's Travis Etienne. So oh, nice little right. review for next Interesting. week. <laughs> so if you like Travis Etienne, 
still tune in. Like, yeah, still Etienne. tune in and just yeah. let, let it rip for the comment. Yeah. And if you don't like Travis Etienne and you like slander on his podcast, <laughs> welcome. You know, join us for the show next week. Yeah. Um, always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. Next week, running back preview stars of tomorrow's show with John Helmkamp, co-host of the Red Shirt Dynasty podcast and writer with Deadspin. One last time, you can follow Eric at Eric and Moody on Twitter and Club Fantasy FFL on Twitter as well. We will see you next week.